Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Adam Burrish and I dive into the Game 4 victory to prolong the Blackhawks season, a 3-1 to win over the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday evening. Corey Crawford with 48 saves in the game, standing on his head, almost single-handedly keeping the Blackhawks postseason alive and we look ahead to game five and how Chicago can continue the momentum that they built from a game four victory as they look to complete a comeback against the Vegas Golden Knights and continue to put up wins in the win column. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. It's showtime. In the playoffs, it's win or go home. With Chevy, it's win and go home. In a new Chevy car, truck, or SUV. Check out Shop, Click, and Drive at your local Chevy dealer. Shop online 24-7 and take delivery at home. It's simple, it's safe, it's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive. Buy it, try it, buy it, whatever it takes. Your local Chevy dealers, proud sponsors of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I think for the most part, I saw saw most of them. There was a couple that uh, I caught late, but um, like you said, we we had some some big blocks too on the on our PK. And um, you know, if we're going to get back in this series, then uh, we're going to need a lot more of those. And it's just nice to get the the first one. I think and get a little momentum and a little belief. Welcome back to Blackhawks Insider Carter Baum alongside Adam Burrish and Burr. We finished off the last show on Friday last week discussing how there would be a game five and I think we willed it into existence because what a game four we watched last night between the Blackhawks and the Golden Knights. Uh, First off, just your, your overall thoughts on that game. Corey Crawford, 48 saves, a couple kind of greasy goals from uh, your depth lines. Uh, just how fun was it to watch game four last night and more importantly, come out on the on the right side of a win? The first thing that I thought of after the game was done was how long until, you know, are they going to have to wheel Corey Crawford out of the locker room? Is he still laying there? Is he going to sleep there at night? Because that was incredible. Uh, the performance he had, I, I was watching. And I, Carter, we keep talking about it and I keep bringing it up and I know uh, I keep saying the same thing, but these guys have got to start kind of almost hitting a wall at some point. You feel like playing this much back-to-back games every other day, um, a lot of hockey, not a lot, a whole lot of escape from hockey. And yet they just, they're all getting better and better and better. And for Corey to have a game like that last night um, and, you know, no sign of ever being, being tired. Watch uh, if you've ever seen the golden Knights play and you've seen them against other teams, you've seen them in the, they're relentless. They just keep, coming and coming and coming at you and for goaltenders i think it's it's sometimes harder than players um because they don't get a break they don't get to go and sit on the bench and can't get the coach can't bench them for a couple shifts or give them a break for a couple shifts all of a sudden the golden knights i mean there was times if you're being fair that you would say like the ice looks slanted here are they on a power play and it was like constant one shift after another and man was Corey good and um, if you don't think that goaltenders have personal one-on-one matchups, matchups with other high-end goaltenders, yeah, you're wrong. 
Um, you, Corey wanted to beat Robin Leonard last night. He knew he had a chance. He knew uh, he, he his team was ready. His team played better and more desperate in front of him. Um, but goaltenders, they they get things to motivate him. And sometimes it's the goalie on the other side, a guy you know, a guy you're friends with, a guy you played with that you want to beat. And it certainly seemed like that last night with Corey. It's interesting to me because in games two and three, or following games two and three, it was the story was the Blackhawks played kind of the way they wanted for a lot of the game, but Vegas was just so good that the couple opportunities they had, they took advantage of. And after game four, Jeremy Colleton, you know, reflected on the game and said, look, we we were on our heels for the first two periods. Corey Crawford kept us in the game. He faced 20 shots in the first period, 48 shots overall. They were able to just kind of hang around. I don't think it was a, as complete of a performance as he would have liked or what we saw in the first two games. But what happened was they were able to keep Vegas to less threatening areas. They were able to kind of weather that storm, as he said. And then a couple of their chances just went in. I mean, you have the very first goal. Olimata has become an offensive zone juggernaut, just yeah. winning, the, winning the battle to the puck in the corner. A beautiful no-look backhand feed to find Drake Kajula in front. Uh, I mean, really a lot of legwork from Olimata there, of course, the finish from Kajula. And then later in the first period, you got Matthew Highmore, very similar situation, taking the puck into the corner, really... Uh, he had possession of the puck, but it was kind of a dump and chase on his own. And he just threw a puck towards the net, was just trying to get something to the center of the ice, hoping that one of his teammates would be there. It goes off the side of the noggin of Robin Leonard into the into the net, and you got a 2 nothing lead right away that you were able to hold on to for much of the rest of the night. Vegas answered, I think, 18 seconds after that second goal, but you had a two-goal cushion to start, and you played a one-goal lead for the majority of the rest of the game when we were able to shut it down defensively at that point. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I was wrong. Uh, I didn't think that you were going to be able to beat the Vegas Golden Knights or this Hawks team was going to be able to beat them two to one in any game this series. And so wrong again, Adam. Um, well, Alex Brinkett helped you out. It was a three, one, three, one. Sure. Three, one. Yeah. With the empty netter, with the empty netter. Yeah. Um, or at least I could have said, hold them to one goal. I, I, I mean, but, you know, Jeremy said we were on our heels a little bit. I, I think what we saw last night is the formula to beat this team. You've got to take advantage of your opportunities. You may have to get a bounce, and then you're going to have to be so desperate defensively, and Corey's going to have to be great. I thought the penalty kill yesterday was I, – I just I can still keep seeing that clip of Ryan Carpenter diving in front of that puck and kind of getting hit in the back with the puck shorthanded. Um, just that kind of effort. You could hear the bench. You know, you could hear things a little more clearly now over the fake noise that they put on the TV too, which is cool. But um, you could hear the bench kind of yell like, yeah, or, you know, that's what happens when you hear a guy make a, or you hear from the bench when a guy has a big shot block like that kind of pumps you up and it makes other guys play more desperate too. And um, that's what they're going to need to do. Listen, Vegas is going to put a lot of heat on you. They're going to come harder next game and your goal, Corey's going to have to be great. And you're going to have to hang on for some shifts and you're going to get stuck out there tired and, um, but I think you were right, Carter, too. Um, they did keep a little more to the outside. They, this, a lot of their 49 shots, I think, is what it was. They, there, there wasn't as many grade A chances for 49 shots, but it's still a lot. And uh, it, you're still going to have to hang on, have to get a couple bounces. Because um, to beat this Knights team, you know, a two-to-one game again, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Here's the other thing. We, we haven't talked about what we can, Carter. I'm sure he will. But to bring it. Um, it, 
he's got to get one, doesn't he? I mean, one's got to go in for him. I like the way he's playing. He's playing hard. He's getting opportunities. He's getting to the middle of the ice a little more. Um, but man, he just feels like he's snake pick right now, doesn't he? Yeah, Alex Debrinket. We didn't discuss anything after Game Three with the back-to-back game, but he had eight shots on goal in Game Three and didn't have a goal to show for it. Basically, did everything except put the puck in the back of the net. And it wasn't by his own fault. Maybe a couple mishaps, but you had Mark Andre Fleury, who started Game Three, was shutting him down, and it was just all around. I think bad luck for Alex Dabrinkit. I don't know what happened, but he could not find the back of the net. Yeah, He didn't have as many shots in game three, but maybe a little bit, not a confidence boost scoring an empty netter, but once you get that first one in, scoring an empty netter goal, maybe you start to loosen the grip on the stick a little bit and just kind of go, okay, well, at least I have one that's something to build off of, even if it wasn't, even if it was kind of the easiest chance that he had uh, all series long. Yeah, I actually think in my career I scored one empty net goal, and after that game, I thought I scored the game winner. Is how I felt. It felt. Yeah, I don't care how you score in the NHL. I, anybody tells you differently. I mean, other than the other than maybe Kenny or Taves or these guys that score a million goals a year, it's when you're having trouble scoring and you can't find the net, and you feel like you're supposed to contribute, especially um, just getting one in any different way, any time of the game. All of a sudden now. You, the guys will kind of laugh at him a little bit like, geez, Alex, do you think you were going to miss that one too? Or good thing you got close enough or as a guy that's, you know, scored 40 plus goals in this league, he knows he's expected to score. And when he sees a zero in it next to his name, you feel like you're letting your buddies down. And so I think now I think he will relax. I think, but he is a guy and he knows this. If you're going to beat this Golden Knights team, because I still think you're going to have to score goals. Um, you're, you're, your goal scorers have got to put some numbers up. And Alex knows that you've seen him kind of bang his stick along the boards and um, being a little ticked off, but I think he's playing good. I, I think he's, he looks fast. He's hard on the play. He, you know, he's chasing pucks down. Um, it's just, it's it, one of those things where when he gets hot, watch out. Cause uh, he could really go off then but he could be, he could put up two or three in the next game. If he gets one early, Watch out, but I, I like the way he's playing, but I, I know it's been frustrating for him. And you, you've watched these games. You've seen kind of the quality chances that he's had. What what goes through your mind as a player when you kind of – you do everything you can and you still seemingly can't score a goal? I mean, how, how frustrating is that? Well, I don't know, Carter, because I went nine years like that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's real frustrating, actually, when you go nine years. So, sorry, Alex had to go six games. He can, yeah, he dude, can there live was, with it a little bit. Um, you can live with six. I went 55 games one year, okay, Alex? So settle down. Um, but no, I, those guys, you just see them and it, it, it wears on them. And it's it's hard because it, it, it's and it's it's a good selfishness. I, it's, a, it's a selfishness that as a teammate, you want your goal scorers to want to score every game. And, and, you know, even if we win a game, sometimes um, they feel like, Gosh, you know, I, I got to start scoring because that's what I'm, this team is going to need me at some point to score goals. And, you know, it's it's hard to see they get out there early then and shoot pucks or they stay late and they'll work on one timers from certain spots where they missed a couple shots last night or the game before. So, yeah, I'm sure he's frustrated, but I know getting that empty netter will just uh, last night will help him a little bit. We talked about keeping Vegas out of the dangerous areas and kind of keeping they, although they did have 49 shots, a, a lot of the talk after the game was. Uh, especially from Corey Crawford, not a lot of them came from 
the slot or those high danger areas. You know, he was able to kind of get out on his angles on most of them. They were out wide. The Blackhawks also made 32 shot blocks in game four. So not only do you have 49 shots that reached Corey Crawford, you had another 15 that missed, uh, just missed the net from the Golden Knights. You had 32 shot blocks that really kept a lot of, I guess, those more dangerous looks from getting to Corey Crawford. I mean, the offense was able to capitalize on a couple, you know, quick opportunities, but the defense really packed it in, and we've seen that continue to grow and play more of a complete game as the season, as the series has gone along here. Yeah, there was times in the regular season that, if if if, if I'm being a little critical, there was times I thought I was like, gosh, I would, I, I'd like to see some more desperation. I'd like to see some more shot blocks, and um, there was pucks from the points that you know that were kind of seeing eye shots that always seemed to squeak through and. Um, right now, I, this is this is as desperate as I've seen them play, and it's been awesome. And I think you know it's must it must be something they're talking about. Um, I know it must be something that you feed off of when you see other guys do it. When you see Ryan Carpenter get down there and block one, and you know Sod or Taves are, not, are getting in front of them. You see Ole Mata get down in front of them. I always remember you know when Brent Seabrook would get down or Brent Sopel, and you're just like, gosh, I gotta I gotta eat a puck here too now. I gotta get a bruise. I gotta get a a black eye. I got to get in front of one here um, because they're all doing it. And I think that's what you're seeing a little bit now. And you're seeing that desperation. And, and, you know, sometimes when you get a game like that, like you saw last night where you felt like you got peppered a little bit, but you also felt like you had a lot of guys that really sacrificed and got in front of pucks. Um, now it kind of bleeds through the locker room that everybody's feeling like, man, I, I, I got to do that too. And tomorrow night, I'm, if I had three black shots, I'm going to have four tomorrow night. I'm, you know, I want to, I want to get in on this and um, it's going to be the formula that they're going to have to do. Vegas is going to have that onslaught again. And so I think we're going to see more guys get in front of pucks and, and um, it, it was, it was fun to watch last night. It was, it was fun to see that desperation and kind of, you could hear the bench cheer when guys did that. All right, Burr, you've got a team that's down three to one in the series. You're feeling good coming off of a game for victory. You've got that confidence, but you also know the mountain that's ahead of you. The logic is always take it one shift at a time, one game at a time, but you you know you've got a Vegas team in front of you that is so well-built from top to bottom, so well put together, uh, and has the skill to really kind of close out this series. How do you approach not only this next game, but going into the rest of this week and and hoping to put something together here to to quite frankly, make some history. Being down 3 nothing in a best-of-seven series and coming back has only happened, I think, three or four times in uh, the modern era. Yeah, right. I, mean, I was going to say three or four times it's ever happened. And um, I remember the Hawks did it. I wasn't on the Hawks team that did it to Detroit, being down 3-0, came back and beat Detroit and went on to win the Cup. Um, I was on a team on the receiving end of that in San Jose. We were up 3-0 to the Kings, and they came back and, and won four straight and ended up to go on to win uh, their second, I think it was their second cup. Yeah. Also. So, um, I don't know what it was like to, to be on the, on the winning end of it, but I do know what the losing end felt like. And, um, it, it, it does feel like once they get one game on you, now it's three, one, you get a little bit of doubt and you get a little bit of, it creeps in when you're up three to one now, like, Oh gosh, what if, what if they win the next one? You know, now it, then it's going to start to get a little tight and, um, geez, I don't want to be that team that, we can't blow a three zero lead and, and it goes through your mind. Sorry to say, but I think that 
for the Hawks, that 3-1 game that they got to now uh, yesterday, that's the hardest one to win for me. Now it's you're playing with house money. You're still alive. You know you've got a little bit of doubt in the Vegas Golden Knights header, a little bit of nervous energy, like, all right, we got to win this next one. Because then if it goes to 3-3, all they got to do is win one game, and then, it's, and then it goes to a game seven coin flip. So um, I, I know being on the receiving end of this, if, if the Hawks can come with that same energy and that same desperation and Corey can stand on his head and they can get this thing to 3-2, uh, to me now all bets are off and now there's a lot of doubt in that other dressing room and there's a lot of excitement in the Hawks dressing room. So I know we're getting the cliche coming out of the Hawks locker room right now, like, oh, we're just approaching one game at a time. And um, I can tell you from being on the receiving end, that is the, that, that's the truth. And that's how you approach these things in playoffs. Um, guys get momentum individually, but each game, when the, when the puck drops, it feels like a game one of each series every time. You've got game five coming up Tuesday evening. You mentioned keeping the same desperation, getting obviously the same, maybe not the exact same. You don't want to put him at, in under as much pressure, but the same Corey Crawford elimination game, Corey Crawford coming up. What do you want to see in game five? Uh, even more so maybe right out of the gate because we saw in game four that Chicago was able to score the first goal for the first time in this series. What do you want to see out of the gate and what do you want to kind of see to carry this momentum into game five and just continue to build off of that and, and like you said, try to just get back to 3-2 because then at that point, you've got the momentum and, and who knows what happens. Yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see a, a Kane to Debrinket backdoor one-timer goal first shift of the game that, that's what i'd like to see get those two guys some points early get them some confidence um i'd like to see a power play goal out of the hawks and i'd like to see their penalty kill go perfect and i think uh, i think Corey will be great again but i think if you can get if you can get a you can get some production out of your power play you can get some production out of your stars again to get to bring it on the score sheet and and your other stars put up a couple points the penalty kill will be perfect. I think you got a chance again. I think Corey will be fine. I think Corey will be great. Uh, I think he's going to have to stop 40 shots again. I think, I think I don't think you're going to see less than 35 to 40 shots from the Golden Knights. I think there'll be some some times where you feel like the ice is slanted because that's what they do to you. Um, but I, I think it'll be an exciting game. I think the Hawks feel good about um, getting a win and the way they did, kind of a greasy, grindy, uh, kind of win always feels good. So uh, it'll be it'll be an exciting game to watch for sure. Well, game five gets underway at 9.30 Central Puck Drop on Tuesday night. Uh, Burr, we go back to putting the coffee on, staying up late, watching hockey yep. past midnight here in the Central Time Zone. But it'll be a fun one. The Blackhawks looking to stay alive once again against the Vegas Golden Knights down 3-1 to one in the series, but feeling some momentum off of a game five victory. That'll do it for today's episode of Blackhawks Insider presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. For Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time. And be sure to drive what Kane and Taves drive. Mm -hmm.